In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDESGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDESGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. I just came back from the salon and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. I might not always make sense. Dollars, on the other hand. <laughs> what is it? What is it? What's happening? <laughs> I may have green eyes, but don't call me a green-eyed bandit. <laughs> Wait, that was really good. Oh, thank you. I thought of it on the way here. I love that journey for you. Thank you. I really do. Thank you so much. Oh my God, you are <laughs> so welcome. And you guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 480-whatever. And I'm so excited to be joined by a return guest with a new 
podcast, I'm so excited to discuss. Welcome back to AG, host of the Smosh new podcast, Gabbing with Gib, Gibson Johns. Gibson, how are we? I am so happy to be back in the claw office. This is like my eighth time on the show. Is I mean, it? it's, I've been on the show a lot. You're 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 uh, very open to return guests. Oh my god, I love a return guest. Yeah, don't you love a return guest? Love a return guest. My podcast is only a month old, so okay, it's, it's, it's going to be a little bit of time before uh, <laughs> we get to that point. Hopefully. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the new. Pod. Yes. So long story short, some like new rules have been at work. So I was just like, you know what? I'm taking matters into my own hands. I'm launching my own podcast on mm. the side. Um, it's two episodes a week, so it's one interview on Tuesdays, and Friday is more of like a pop culture discussion, whether Lots. it's like about something Bravo-related, or we've had a Taylor Swift episode, a Kardashians episode. That's where I can have people on, like you, you're coming on later this mm-hmm. month to talk about something, whether, it, you know, sometimes I want to have some sort of format to it. I, it's not a recap pod, because I feel like people do that mm-hmm. so, so well, so well, and that's just market. not, that's not what I... Yeah, I'd be late to the market. And also, that's just not what I would uh, feel like I'd be best at. So yeah, I've had some really amazing brothel people on. Um, last week was Julia from Miami, mm. Leva from Southern Charm. Larsa has been on, Dr. Heavenly. Um, <laughs> it's been quite the crew in this first month and a oh half. Um, Gabbing with Gib, ultimate girls trip. Literally. Oh my God, could you imagine? I no, could, um, I the, t- like tomorrow is going to be the Southern Hospitality cast. Oh. I have Dr. Simone and Sweet Tea on. I can't. So I like, can't. it's just, I'm, I'm trying to... I, for a while, I wasn't able to interview anybody from Bravo, and that's really what got me into this whole space to begin with. So to have a, a space that I've created on my own to do that and to give the content to the people, yes. it feels really good, and I'm proud. So Okay, so I'm excited to talk to you about Potomac and about Married to Med yes. and potentially about Beverly Hills. We'll whatever, see. That might be a chewy whatever, continued. Whatever you want. Um, so are Simone and Sweet Tea coming on together? No, so basically, Bravo will do these like press days. and Oh, okay. They, they were, for some reason, they were back-to-back. And so I was like... Like, I'd rather just release them on the same episode. Mm. They're two separate interviews. You can watch them separately. Um, they're coming out next week. Um, but they're Watch two- them. I, I'm putting them on YouTube. Phenomenal. Um, yeah, that we have a YouTube channel. Incredible. But um, two 20-minute interviews. So Sweet Tea was one day, and then Dr. Simone was the next morning. And can you calling also- Calling from the hospital. No, shut up. Oh my god! Scrubs. Yeah. Oh god, I love her so much. Wonder can, Woman. Can you listen to the episodes if you prefer yes. audio? Yeah, yeah, only? yeah. So, so it's podcast. It's right. on all the podcast platforms. But, you get the but, bonus but we record over Zoom, so I'm like, well, why not? You know, I have an editor, and I'm like, why not? It, it's pretty easy for her to do the YouTube. I don't. Oh my god. So I'm like, yeah, people, some people love to watch stuff like that on YouTube. So um, it's up there. I don't remember if I had met Dr. Simone prior to this most recent BravoCon because, you know, sometimes like it's like there's there's totally. sometimes there are events yeah. where there are just so you, many people that yeah. it's like you, you block some, it. It's also just funny how each year you just kind of run into different people, you totally. know, like there's some people you don't even see yeah. at all, like you don't even see from afar and some you see five times. Yeah. Well, she was in my Bravo Palooza, which was like those little yep. sort of by appointment, smaller rooms where it's like five or six or however many Bravo lebs and then a much smaller number of attendees. And it's like, you know, you have password d'oeuvres and like right. a little bar and it's very, very cute. I thought they did a great job with those Bravo Palooza. I had a media pass, so I couldn't go to any oh, Bravo Oh, you missed? I yeah. mean, they sounded really fun, like really curated and really kind of like, you yeah. know, casual between the talent and the people. I also have to say as someone who kind of like crosses industry when it comes right. to like 
press pass, other stuff. They really, really, I think, learned their lessons from the press shenanigans from last year to this year, where it just felt more focused on fans, content Mm -hmm. creators in the room. And then obviously many people who are in both. It just felt like it was... It, it felt more informed. Yeah. And it felt like the VIP experience. Like, I feel like that was their number one piece of negative feedback last yeah. year, which was like the VIPs who were shelling out all that money. For what? Just weren't, they weren't getting the seats. They weren't no. getting the access. So I think they made sure and they, they had did. the space and they had the time this mm-hmm. year. So I agree. It sounds like it was amazing. They really, they did a great job. And it was like, there were so many panels where I was front row, which you didn't need to be because the rooms were so right. big and the screens were great and there were no like pillars. But it's still, fun, but it's still fun to be a but front it's row. Fun, it's you know? 100% it's fun to be front row and also at the bravo palooza dr simone was there and i was like oh my god and i went up to her and i said i just want to let you know that you are in my housewives top five and you cross industry and you are so important <laughs> because i just industry. think she is like oh i think god. she's a superstar. i love her so she's much so i didn't watch married to medicine until i started binging it two years ago okay okay and because I just get really anxious about shows that have like over six seasons. Absolutely. And I just like, how am I going to fit this into my life? Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. But mm-hmm. I finally was just like, you know what? Married to Met- I think about the, at the time it was, the, it was like a little bit more deep into the pandemic. Mm. And it was like, it was between seasons. I was like, I just need to fucking bite the bullet and do this. And yeah. I am so, it's been the best journey over the past two and a half years with these women. I'm obsessed with pretty much all of them. But Dr. Simone, like, the way this season she is like just takes it to her boys and her husband and like she doesn't oh take any God. fucking bullshit and i just love her she is like she's so inspirational too and, and i laugh at her she yells every time she's like always yelling kind of like her octave is like higher yeah i just love her i'm and i met her also at the on the on the red carpet and had a similar moment i was like you know what i just want to tell you you're so special i'm obsessed with you I mean, it's one of those things that you think about and the fact that I always think about like Dr. Simone and Dr. Jackie specifically, because I do think there's more attention and more scenes placed on their work definitely, um, than on other members of the cast, including those who are also doctors. Um, and I just like, I just, I have so much, mm-hmm. so much respect for them that it's, it's wild to watch these scenes and also remember, oh, okay. And they're going to this like fake weird funeral thing, mm-hmm. but this is someone who can talk to Sweet Tea about like, okay, so if you're spotting this and how stress impacts you. And I just listen to her talk and I feel like I'm learning every, I just, I just have so no, much I know, admiration I know. for her. And I love it's crazy, her so much. And it's crazy how much, like, if you really think about it, like they're filming these shows while also doing their imagine? jobs as doctors. I don't understand how they do that. I don't understand that. how they do that. Um, no, but I think that, I think that Jackie and Simone are, I mean, they're all really crucial to the show, but I think mm-hmm. them having those two sort of at the center and having been these pillars of like really stand up women who, yeah. but who also are down to like get into the mess, totally. but like they are, they are, they, they kind of run the gamut in terms of like where they thrive, you know, yeah. they thrive in a doctor's office. They thrive throwing it down with the women. They thrive having fun on trips. Like they can do it all. And, um, it, you, it, it's hard to they got really lucky finding these women <laughs> in Atlanta all those years ago. I really think that I mean, and they've been through some significant mm-hmm. oh casting, God. but I it's hard to even think of members of the cast as OGs because I just think of it as the show. Just, right. This is a show, right? This is a show. It's so good. I have to ask you, though, as someone who binged through mm-hmm. okay two years ago, so probably around eight seasons that you binged seven or eight seasons nine at that seasons. point, nine yep. seasons at that point. What would you say to someone who wants to start the married to medicine journey but just doesn't feel like they can commit to watching it's really hard because i, I want to say that you have to watch all nine i know i was thinking I, about that on the train here i yeah, literally was thinking I about literally, that 
every time I see somebody ask that on Twitter, the response is almost always you have to start with season one because because we have four OGs from season one. We have Dr. Heavenly from season two. Spiritual OG. Right. Exactly. Kind of like a Sonia Morgan type. A Dorinda. And a, yeah, yep. Dorinda. And, you know, we've been part of their we've we've known their story for over a decade now. And it's sort of like to not get that full picture, you lose the appreciation. I think you lose some of the context in some of these relationships that are on the show. Like, you know, when you think about Toya and Quad, who like, oh my God, I don't really know why Toya doesn't like Quad. Simone, you don't? I mean, specifically, like she has, she hates her. Well, if someone said, I think that you participated in or were part of a conspiracy theory to rob someone. Right, right. But in terms of like, Yes, of course, but like, but it it, it but, but, there, but there's it's, sort of like yeah, there's sort of like an overall hatred, I think, or not I mean, hatred. There's an overall a, yeah energy that comes from mm-hmm. Toya to Quad specifically. Like obviously, of course, reacting yeah. to that, uh, but like it's sort of it's almost feel like she hasn't gotten over something from a long time ago. And Simone told me, I was like, do you, what? I was like, what do you think is at the heart of it? You know? Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, I actually just think that they came into the show as the two wives. They were they were not the doctors in season one. Mm-hmm. They were two wives who have stuck around. And she thinks that there is sort of an inherent like competitiveness between them because of even though that's sort of like an arbitrary distinction within the show. It's it, not that arbitrary. It's a distinction. Yeah. You know? And um, you know, I think the doctors got get rightfully kind of held up to this like different sort of echelon of standard and all this. And with Toya and Quad they're sort of lumped together and they have been for 10 years. And I think that she thinks, or she said, and she's friends with Toya. So she kind of sees it. She sees it from Toya's perspective. That's what she told me. Okay. I was thinking about this. And first off, marriage to medicine deserves every mm-hmm. moment of time. So I'm so thankful that you're here right oh, now yeah, because like good. this feels, and also last night's episode was like, or the most Sunday's episode, essentially it was unbelievable. It was so good. Unbelievable. I was like laughing my ass off, but I do have, maybe a take that might be okay. considered controversial. Let it fly. And I'm saying this out loud and I haven't thought this through as Give with to me. most things that I say out Listen, loud. I've been life. here before. I've been you here know. again. <laughs> I understand. Let's go. <laughs> this is a stream of conscious com- <laughs> consciousness conversation. Um, okay. So remember Mariah, LOL. I do remember Mariah, okay. a producer on the show. Correct. Executive producer. So Mariah kind of flamed out her second time back on the franchise mm-hmm. and maybe one could argue first. And she had a complicated journey with production, I think, sure. behind the scenes and didn't feel like she got yes. her due and as just one of the creators. I, because I binged, I don't have all this peripheral information necessarily, yeah. right? You're not, you weren't following off the show. it like yes. in the blogs, I can, I, in the news. I pick up that there's sort of a right. weird thing with Mariah, but I, I don't know the ins and outs of that. Which frankly is almost like a purist style experience mm-hmm. that you're not diluted by, not dil- diluted. Kind of diluted. Not, not Diluted, but T, not D. Yes, diluted. Diluted. Sorry. Oh, my God. Not diluted. Um, (laughs) I'm delusional. (laughs) No, no. Um, That you don't have to, like, sort of get caught up in some of that other stuff, which can impact your experience. It can absolutely be distracting. But I was thinking about this while watching the most recent episode. And then, and I really just need to buffer this by saying, like, I don't know. But while watching the most recent episode and then just thinking about it, because just Mary Mary Tibet seeps into your everything in the best possible way. Here's my question. Has Quad become the new Mariah? The person that the rest of the cast doesn't really understand why she's there. It feels too heavily strategic. It feels like there's weird energy between this person Mm -hmm. and production Mm -hmm. and just the environment of Married to Med that they feel like she's not going to play the game. 
do you think there is any truth to that? I mean, I could see that. I think that there's definitely like a fourth wall breaking frustration mm. that is apparent here. And it, so I, the other thing I didn't totally understand was like, they keep alluding to like quad stepping away from the group. They keep on like, they're like, where was she? Like, why did she cut off communication with us? And apparently she signed her contract late. And they thought that some people think that when she walked into that bachelorette party, that was the first time that some of them knew that she was going to be on the show this year. Oh, God. That was Because I, I asked on Twitter, I was like, what? What am I missing here? Like, yeah. like what was the stepping away situation? Um, and that's what somebody's theory is. And like, I'm like, okay, that makes kind of that kind of makes sense. And it kind of goes into what you're saying because of like she kind of gets treated kind of on this different plane, maybe, or um, she doesn't play by the rules they all have to play by. It's interesting. And she's kind of operating more as like because marriage medicine is not housewives, right? And I think that Quad and Phaedra right now are sort of operating in like a housewivesian mm. thing of like mm-hmm. making moments and things like that, which like I obviously appreciate, but it's not necessarily something that we always get on Married to Medicine in that way. You it's know, not organic. We've had to two medicine. stunts being pulled yes. between them yes. in like three episodes, right? Yes. And it's obviously iconic TV. Like I love it. But I think with I think they probably are looking at that and it's like what the fuck are we doing here? Why are we at a funeral home at like 1130 at night watching Quag come out of a, a casket that says mother on it? And then she doesn't want anyone to like take any ownership of any, anything. It's sort of like, I understand their frustration with it too. And I would die for Quad Webb. So like, so like, I see it both ways. But I think that you're kind of onto something. I think that they, she's a, she's a one man band right now. Yeah. And I feel like the thing with Quad is that she did appear to really ghost them. Like there were, they were asking her for information about her personal life in the last right. couple of years. She didn't give it. She wasn't reaching out. Obviously, there was a sense I think that she felt that she wasn't being appreciated by production, mm-hmm. which obviously affected her relationships with members of the cast. But they just felt like she didn't give a shit about them. Mm-hmm. So they're like, "How are we supposed to have this quote unquote friend circle if we feel like you removed yourself right. from that and are not addressing that removal?" Like I think it was certainly much more ongoing than specifically this season. Although if they did not know she signed on to film the show until she showed that's up. That's what people think, I, that apparently. Is, but, it, but, it, but, it, but it is mirroring. Rumored, but it, wild. But it's mirroring how she behaved yeah. when she got divorced. Mm-hmm. She stepped, she quote unquote, stepped away. Like she was barely there for filming and she isolated herself. And it really feels like she isolates herself. It doesn't feel like they're isolating her. You know what I mean? Like if, if between seasons... It sounds like this all happened between seasons. If between seasons she was like hitting them all up and like crying, they wouldn't have said no to hanging out necessarily. You know, it just sounds like she just wasn't returning their calls, which quad not returning Dr. Heavenly's calls. It's sort of like, that's your bridge. Mm. That's your connection to the group at this point. You know, I don't know why she would do that to herself. Okay. Listen, it's hard to talk about quad without talking about Dr. G. Yeah. I did not imagine a world in which he would be returning and this whole sweet tea thing is, it's how do we feel about that? Here's the thing. I actually like sweet tea. She seems like a really nice person. I think she makes she makes me laugh both intentionally and unintentionally, mm-hmm. which which uh, to me is one of my favorite housewives archetypes, somebody mm-hmm. who can be unintentionally funny. Does she fit in naturally with the group? Not necessarily. Do I think that she had interesting expectations coming into a group where her future husband's ex-wife has been a part of for 10 years and she expects them not to bring her name up. I think that's kind of like an odd expectation to come in with. Um, 
but not to loop it back to my interviews, but like I did to ask her about that. I was like, mm. what were your, what what did you expect coming into this? You know, like, cause it sounds like whatever. It sounds like Heavenly is the one that got her to do the show, reached out to her, convinced her to do it. And then right when she joined okay. and quads started coming around again, she flipped the script on her, which is obviously not, if you know Heavenly, if, if we've watched her on these past nine seasons, you know, obviously that's not unexpected. But I think for, for T, she kind of came in naively. She came in really green. And I think that she didn't, she's out of her depth a little bit in terms of like the operating nature of reality TV. I also think the way, obviously, there was that confrontation between her and her sister and yes, just like an explosion of stress. Like, I think she's just dealing with a lot and probably trying to figure out, I don't even know if she's thinking about this, but like filtering what to say on camera versus off. Mm-hmm. She doesn't actually really appear to be someone who does I that. Think she, I don't think she is doing that this year. But I just wonder, I think there's probably some sort of filtering of like what to discuss about her relationship Definitely. versus the mechanics of filming. But there was something to be said for like the fact that for all intents and purposes, she and Quad seem to have some sort of mutual understanding totally. about each other. And that's all fine and good. But I just think the Dr. G of it all. I mean, if you were Quad, how much of it couldn't have been a surprise if she was coming in after the cast had already been set. And But maybe, maybe, again, this is all speculation yeah, at this yeah. point, but maybe it's like she heard that they were bringing dr g and sweet t onto the show maybe that's why she held out and signing her contract you know what i mean like it's like if again if yeah if i were her i would feel really slighted by not only the rest of the group who kind of welcomed them in with open arms and no sort of um caution about it yeah for quad's sake but i think that speaks to the fact that they were all not in a good place with quads they're like they're kind of like f quad Come on, Dr. G and Sweet Tea. Like, if Quad is not going to be around, you know what I mean? But if I were Quad, I would feel some type of way about it, not only from her cast, but also production. I would also feel some sort of way if I was Quad, if I was being asked to be held accountable for my behavior. And, you know, they're not aware of this while shooting, obviously, but like the edits are showing a lot of toxicity from her ex husband, and he's not being asked any of those questions. Right. Totally. And, like, I mean, Sweet Tea called him controlling. I'm not feeling great about this. I got to tell you. And, it, and it's, it's, but it, it's, but it, it's sort of like, like <laughs> it's just sort of like it's one of those things where it's like if this is worse if this is what we're seeing what are we not seeing that's, that's how a I always great think question about it. you know what I mean if this is what's slipping out you know when she's had a glass of wine making dinner with him or with when she's out out to drinks with heavenly I think that's when she said that what's what's she holding back you and know she's significantly younger thirty one and she feels significantly younger yeah. I'm wondering what he has learned from his divorce. I don't know that we're ever going to understand that. I can't even imagine how the reunion is going to go because they're both. I would assume they're the three of them will be there. I would hope so. Yeah, I would assume. And he I'm would be sure I'm sure they're angry. I mean, because Quad has not seen Dr. G in a filming setting that we've seen. Correct. Not so like that, is that horrifying right, right, last confrontation right. at the so, reunion, which was so, right, so upsetting to watch. I, I'm curious. We have not seen any previews where it seems like they're in the same place, but like I'm sure they're angling for that. The, produ- the production, you know, what's it? What because we've seen Quad and Sweet Tea play very nice, and which was honestly really nice to see. It really was honestly because um, because they especially because the promos all made it seem like uh, Sweet Tea had been freaking out that Quad yeah. showed up. Um, that was a pleasant surprise, but what would it be like if if you actually put Dr. G physically in that space? I don't know. 
it's also one of those things there have been so many different kinds of sort of confrontations and moments of conflict that you can't cover only in reunions. And it's it's I wish I could give someone a permission slip. Listen, at the end of the day, I want you to be watching Married to Medicine versus not watching Married to Medicine. But you are doing yourself in the experience of watching a great disservice if you don't watch those seasons, which you can't get just by watching the reunions. There are housewives seasons where I would be like, don't worry about it or watch totally. the reunion. Yeah, of course. But this stuff, I mean, especially the Jackie Simone when they yeah. were on the outs, which yeah. was I just so think upsetting. There, there, there's never been a full reset on this show. You know, there's never, never. Even, not even really a partial one. It's like they'll try somebody out to add to the cast. They'll last a season, maybe two. The only person who goes against that is Contessa, who lasted for four yeah. to five. But like otherwise, it's really hard to add people to this cast. Honestly, maybe it's like you either start start at the beginning or you just jump in right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I, I wouldn't say, like, start with season six or start with season five. No, you got to start with if you start with also something if, before. Also, 10, if you miss if one. you miss season five, then you're missing the most iconic Bravo reunion pro- kind of of all time. The most mm-hmm. important reunion of all time I arc think. of all. I have said that <clears throat> so yeah. many times. Andy has said that you're, so many times. It is the most important. I, my phone is like dropping. To on use the your words, is, you're using yourself a disservice by not watching it. It is. The stakes could not be higher. I want to watch that as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> I have seen it so many times. And also to see the way that Simone and Cecil are now and mm-hmm. to see what they have worked through. I feel, you know, like knock on Clavis' table. I feel really good about where they same. are. I oh my really God, do. Same. They're so comfortable. Their kids are about to move out like they're they've settled into their dynamic i met um daddy i met dr damon who's been the love, love of my life love of my life for a very long time I'm obsessed with what him. a man i met cecil i met um i met my husband um oh i met dr eugene who's another love of my life at uh right before the married to medicine panel which was so not packed with anywhere near it yeah, was uh, it was a sign of disrespect. that's kind of unfortunately a through line of all three bravo cons i think <sighs> last year they so had unfair. like this like kind of viral panel but like they need to figure oh, yeah, the panel last year was really good right but i don't think it was a crowd i don't think it was like a packed room i was front row for that i remember that um yeah i think they, that's something they need to figure out about BravoCon. um but i don't know what the i don't know what the reasoning is behind those empty rooms but there's there's a there's a really solid fan base for the show like it's really steady i think that's a reflection of the show and its quality i think the BravoCon panel audience is a reflection of the people who are attending BravoCon, right not the people who oh, are watching for sure the it's the people who yeah exactly the people who are watching married to medicine are devoted to it uh-huh. because we are all very smart people and we understand that the show is unlike any other you just call me smart um amen <laughs> okay so i have a question for you yes do you think we will ever figure out why toya and eugene left their dream house oh, with her man. dream multi-floor closet that's the kind of thing that like i saw happen on the show yeah and i didn't i think with like a housewife if i was watching in real time or if it would have been like housewives i would have like seen the things circulating on social media if there were any sort of like you know any sort of uh whispers of like what the reasoning Mm -hmm. was but on the show i was just sort of like what the fuck like Mm -hmm. we just watched you building it and then living in it for a season and it's just sort of like uh, it was part of like her personality of having the two-story closet um i don't know i really don't i mean they lived in like six different places over the course of the 10 seasons it's wild I have no, I have no inclination. I really love them so much. Oh my god, I love all of them. I really, I love genuinely. I, I genuinely. I get love frustrated all with all of them. them. I love all of them. Yes. You know, I, I want them all to be friends, but I also like their drama. But I also want like, 
there's just such a, such a balance on the show of like, they'll have like really emotional, intelligent conversations about things. And then they'll also get down and dirty, you know, like just like the best of them, you know, and I don't know, it's really, it's hard to put into words, I think. If you like watching sort of family structures, family environments yeah. on Bravo, just know that the kids on Married to Medicine are the oh best God. kids on any franchise. Yes, and I know we shouldn't so be like cute. judging, but like these are such fucking smart kids who are funny mm-hmm. and witty. I mean, Alora, I yeah. just I And the I, last thing I'll the last I, thing I'll I say about so like much. trying to convince people to watch it is sort of like, you know, right now Atlanta is not in a good place that as a franchise and they're in Atlanta as well. They're operating within similar circles, honestly. And like, I'm sure there's overlap there. We've seen cameos. Yeah, of course. And like Phaedra's, they all, some of them knew I mean, Phaedra, you know? So it's sort of like, if you're missing, if you're missing what Atlanta used to be giving, mm-hmm. come watch Married to Medicine. It's like, it's in the same city. They're, they're a little bit more like, you know, uh, they're doctors. Some of them are doctors. So there's like more of like an education component to it all. But like, it gives what it gives as much as any housewives can give. Um, and Dr. Jackie, for example, more. was the doctor for Candy's for surrogate. Candy. Yeah, and now she's doing Debrat on the show. Right. She has all these celebrity clients. She, she's legit, and that's that. Oh, that was something I wanted to say earlier, which was like we were talking about Dr. Jackie and Dr. Simone, and it's sort of like Variety just had their forty most influential people on reality TV I come know. out, and it's sort of like, and there was and there was like nine or eight mm. Bravo people on there. There were oh, more, maybe even more, right? But I think only one was black. And uh, it was just candy, which well earned. But I'm sort of like Garcelle didn't make the list. Garcelle was not on the list. That's wild. Um, I we think, need to I give think Kyle. I think Kyle was only Beverly Hills. I don't know the full list, but I saw sort of like a composite image, and I was sort of like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of white women here, and Dr. Jackie just fucking did an event with like Angelina Jolie. Like she's like so legit and powerful in a real, tangible way in the real world and in reality TV, but. That's somebody who I'm like, I would love to have seen, been seen recognized um, as part of that. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is... Looking for Dorinda on the Upper East Side? Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Paris is always a good idea. And when I schlep on over to Europe to my favorite city in the world, I bring with me a few important phrases that I have learned from housewives. C'est bon, c'est bon. 
Chic c'est la vie. Je m'appelle the Countess. N'est-ce pas, Luan? And while those key phrases are important when speaking to any French bravoholic for other matters of life, that's where Rosetta Stone comes in. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including, of course, French. It features fast language acquisition. It immerses you in so many ways. There's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, to listen, and to think in that language. It's an intuitive process. You pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. J'adore Chris Manzo. Et toi? There's a speech recognition filter, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's convenient with desktop and app options, and it's an amazing value. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. A steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Row, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. And that's also one of those things where it's like, to me, sort of no excuse not to have them. But I'm, totally. I'm completely playing oh my God. favorites. It, it was overall a pretty good list, I would say. But yeah. I, I, Dr. Jackie was an obvious um, omission that I was just sort of like, this would scratch an itch of like, 
a different element of reality TV that's not represented on this list. Right. And also, I mean, to go through the lens of mostly housewives, I feel like Paige was there. So there was like a summer house component. Paige Sorbo and definitely Maddox was on there. But there are also other Bravo shows that are incredibly influential. Oh and if we're talking about what was the list, the name of the list was the most important. I think it was the 40 most influential, influential. women in reality TV, I want to say. Okay. I just think in terms of influence that the influence on Married to Medicine for its audience is pretty oh my God, strong. It's, huge. it's yeah, pretty huge. strong. Yeah. Um, Phaedra, how are we feeling about her you crossover? Know, I'm I it feels pretty natural to me. You know, I'd like her to be giving more in terms of like story in terms of like her own personal storyline, in terms of just like opening up a little bit more. She's mm-hmm. pretty she seems like a pretty closed book these days. I think that we saw that these uh, days. Yeah. Always. But I think on Housewives eventually we, we were seeing more of her life like here we've seen her house you know we haven't even seen her kids i don't think on the show yet we have seen her kids oh we have i think we have yeah okay. 100%. well it was blinking you miss it yeah you know it's um and it feels like whenever they're t- getting together they're always talking about the other women like it's like she's on the show because she's dating a doctor allegedly. allegedly but then we saw we saw a picture of them together and he had emojis in front of his face and we haven't heard about him since they haven't even they don't, they don't even ask him ask her about him um so that to me is like the only frustration i would think but like i'm liking her dynamic with the women i think that and she gets along with most of them it seems so i'm into it i'm like i'm if this is what we get this first season with her on here great bring her back and force her to open up more and i think she's getting away with a lot of producing because there's a little bit of a respect for her because we know totally totally. and she's She's been in this universe a hundred percent totally and like and there's enough going on i think with, with like everything else in the group that like she can take a back seat in that respect it, and i'm fine with it but eventually i'm gonna want to see her opening up on the same level that all these women have done on that show and she really i guess to sort of make it work so that she's not a friend of there is that whole like doctory kind of connection right but like i think apparently they already broke up like she's dating yeah. a different doctor is she- Apparently, that's why she said that in some page six interview, I want to say. Um, and also, she honestly, she, she serves also a functional purpose of bridging it with quad. She's another bridge for yeah. quad. And, uh, and that's important. Yeah, it's it's I really I can't say enough yeah. about how great this show is, except to encourage people to watch. And I'm hoping to do an upcoming taking it personally about Married to Med. I just it is it's having a great it's the season. gift that keeps on giving. It, it really is, is the gift that keeps on giving. But it did make me feel slightly sad about going straight from in watching um, the show Today, it made me feel slightly sad to go straight from watching the new Potomac to the new Married to Med because I just kind of felt like Potomac, man. It's its worst season ever. You think? Yes. I mean, there have been some really tough episodes. I I really am not enjoying this season. So It feels like a broken show right now. And I would never have dreamed in a million years that I'd be saying that about Potomac, which has been my favorite franchise since like its third season. It's really not in good shape from from my point of view. What do you think the issue is? I just think there's too many blockages in the dynamic of the group. It's like, and it's not right now, it's getting blamed completely on Giselle. And like, she's obviously a factor in that. I mean, and if you're Giselle, it's getting blamed completely on Candace. But like, they're both at fault, yeah. in my opinion. They're both okay. not ta- They're both not taking accountability. But it's also like, Wendy and Robin barely acknowledge each other. Like, Wendy and Giselle barely acknowledge each other. Candace, Candace also and Robin barely. It's like, they. there's four people in this group who like, won't even really interact with one another in a, in a meaningful way. Wendy and Neca like don't even say hi to each other, and then they'll burst into something about, you know, whatever this shrine drama is, which I is just so confusing and like 
feels disrespectful and like the whole it's just it's leaving a bad taste in my mouth but like that's the only conflict right now that people are actually engaging in so then it's like that's what it's all about and then they're sitting on this rooftop in Austin and the dynamic is so stilted and awkward I'm just like this is not what the show was even a year or two ago like remember when they were at Giselle's house in that tent and her parking lot (laughs) doing reasonably shady it was like so shady and like they were arguing and it was but it was like fun and and they were I was we were laughing and I'm not laughing with Potomac enough anymore. And that's what I used to really love about it at, at, at its heart. So how do you undo those blockages? I mean, for real. Production works really hard to force them to engage or one of them, somebody has to go. You but pull something out of the equation. But if you hate each other and one of your estranged husbands is suing a cast member and then there's other stuff that's happened that's like kind of fucked up between other cast members totally no i mean i don't blame it's like it's nobody it's not one person's fault that's the thing it's really not it's really not so there's not to me there's not an obvious person you take out and it solves all the problems it's like this interconnecting web of people who don't want to work with each other anymore and i don't know how you solve it and the way that production seemed to have tried to solve it was adding someone to the mix who comes to the mix apparently with a blockage against someone else. So when exactly. we're, all we're doing is just adding an additional right. blockage and watching the complications continue to be complicated. And then you have Karen, who's the only person working oh, to bring to bridge her. the gap, God and bless. like it's the only person making me laugh, and is the yeah. only person really to me like knowing what needs to be done to try again she's also working she's being a ghost producer trying to solve this all all these things and it feels like every other thing coming out of her mouth (laughs) in a group setting is like but you guys gotta see eye to eye and like i so appreciate that about what she's doing but it's not there's only so much you can do in that from that position do you find yourself connecting in the conflict with dr wendy and neka do you find yourself connecting with one perspective versus another or are you just in the place like, of not like really i think i mean i have more yeah. invested in wendy i i you know i have definitely yeah i definitely have more invested in wendy so like i think i'm more prone to see her side and be sympathetic to her because i don't feel like we know neka at all i feel like you know she jumps in and then all of a sudden we're already having this conflict with wendy i think i also have a hard time when like the main conflict of a season involves the new person you know like it's like i don't i'd like to get to know them first and then have them sort of amp it up later in this later in their first season that's sort of how i personally like to even with Jen from like OC, it was sort of like we got to know her a little bit before Tamara threw under <laughs> threw her under the bus, and then she had to defend herself. Like it's like Neca, like from her first episode, it was like, "Do we know each other? Do you, no, you know, you know me. You know, you know my cousin, yada yada yada." And I'm like, I don't even know who you are. How much of that though is her fault? I'm not saying it's her fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it's, it's just a, it's, it's just the nature situation. of the situation yeah. and how it's like all of a sudden we're just like what five episodes in, and it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like I don't. I'm not. I used to have so much fun watching the show. How would you contrast that when it comes to like the of someone coming in their first season and there being immediate fireworks and maybe too many immediate fireworks? Right. How do you contrast that with Monica's performance on Salt Lake? I feel like Monica, and correct me if I'm wrong, I have a little bit of a Monday brain right now, but you know, we got to know her a couple episodes before she started the drama. Right. Like we saw her at home with her mom. We heard about her story a little bit. We heard about her and her connection with Jen, all that kind of stuff. I feel like she didn't really start to ruffle, ruffle feathers until, you know, hotel maybe. Yeah. And that was like kind of a little bit more into the season, at least the first trip, you know. Um, And I think that Monica, her connection to the group was never in question because of that Jen Shaw connection, you know, like she. 
that no- that knowledge of the group was acknowledged and it was, you know, thrown out there mm-hmm. and it gives her a little bit of credit, not credibility, but it gives her like a history, a history, a distinct history. Um, whereas like the NECA connection is even being questioned. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the newest episode was tough. I I was appreciative for the moment when I think it was NECA who referenced the show, but someone explicitly said the show when I joined the show. And I was like, I think Ashley, Ashley said, the, I think in her confessional, that like Wendy didn't want her to be joining the show or something like that. I feel like NECA may have also quite okay. literally said it and I could be 100% wrong, but I feel like You're probably right. that um that to me it was maybe a smaller okay this is good, but at least I felt like there was some sort of Yeah, that, that helps to explain it. Yeah, that a that lot of this is it. like seems to be about the fact that Dr. Wendy was annoyed about potentially, who knows if this has actually happened, but the potential that part of Dr. Necka's casting was that Dr. Necka knew Dr. Wendy, right. which gets into right. the whole you know, a little bit of like Mariah J. Lo, I don't know her. Like, totally. what does it mean to know someone? Mm-hmm. And that also sort of is being connected to this Eddie, Dr. Necka's husband thing, including in that confessional with Dr. Wendy, where she didn't really answer the question, which is and not... she hesitated a lot. She hasn't answered it. She hasn't mm-hmm. really answered a lot that's being asked of her. And I like, it's not that I don't dislike her. I'm just like, wait, but, and it feels so stupid, but, but part of these arguments are stupid when it comes to like, did someone unfollow someone on Facebook, but you should be able to answer that. Like, it's not whether or not they knew each other from college. Sounds like they probably didn't. They were maybe a part of a fraternity. Like they might have run in maybe similar circles. They were certainly not close. But the question is, after there was initial conflict between Dr. and uh, Wendy and Nekawa, while filming, did Happy Eddie unfriend Like her actively husband? go onto Facebook, That's find it. him, and then click it's, the It's a button. real yes right, or totally. no. Did he totally. do that in the and past like it, week? It does, and like, yeah, is it a small act? Yes. But is it indicative of like how they're feeling about NECA and, and her husband joining the show? Absolutely. It's also, it's indicative of like, can you be honest right, about- for sure. Because some of this is so gray and so weird. Mm-hmm. Other parts of it are like, did a phone call happen? A phone call did happen, but we don't obviously convoluted. know it was discussed 100%. And then also it's like, well, the, the Facebook thing, you should be, you should, I, I don't as a complete outsider to this, because I really don't have a lot invested right, in Potomac right, right now. which breaks my heart but like as an outsider just is it a huge lift i guess anything to give this person that you're having conflict with literally anything feels like a mile but like he could he could to me arguably say i yeah i was supporting my wife there's conflict between you guys and this i didn't want to appear it's also why would why would neka and her husband make that up like he unfriended him on facebook like it makes no sense you know like unless it's literally untrue but it does not that's just just, just a random thing to to make up i know and it's like that's so black and white, but then like the whole shrine thing is like so weird and and I don't know enough about that whole like I don't know enough about Nigerian culture to, un- to totally understand that, but apparently it's like really a re- some really serious accusations going around and the uh, weirdness, about being like a witch and all these things. The, it's like just to cut in and and feel free to tell me to go fuck myself, but the the use of the word weirdness to me is about the ways that it's being discussed and handled on the yeah, show, yeah, totally versus the actual cultural. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah, it's that's not act. what, it, yeah, that's not it. Right. It's just sort of like it's it's being presented in this like well, it's being presented in the venue of Housewives, which right. is like. Obviously, we've dealt with a lot of serious things on these shows, but this is 
it's unfamiliar territory to a lot of people and it's not being explained correctly, I don't think. And so then we are left with this kind of weird feeling about it all because we don't understand it. And And it's not being communicated in a way that feels respectful. Nope. And the whole thing is just so messy and mixed up. And again, it's the only big conflict that's even being like, at least like we're we're progressing along in in this conflict and we're yeah. get, maybe we're getting somewhere whereas the other conflicts are just at a total standstill so at least it's progressing but it's the only one and for it to be this weird convoluted thing again presented in a weird way it's just um i'm not really sure where i land <laughs> you know total uh, absolutely and i feel like there were a few moments that resonated with me the mia gordon therapy scene or counseling scene mm. where she and the info that she later shares with Robin connects a lot of those dots of like her feeling like she's carrying blame or shame uh, to me, obviously not in any way her responsibility for someone's actions right. as a result of that other person's criminal behavior. But for her to say, I don't want to feel like I any uh, anything that I did or that my husband did as a result of trying to seek justice for mm-hmm. the fact that we were stolen from led to someone choosing to end their life. And that is really that is an, an intense conversation totally. and to have that with Robin, who had experienced what she and wanted mm-hmm. to experience, which she told us in the flashback five years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was. I thought an intense moment and one that showed more of Mia in a way that felt really human and for me to like empathize with her and find a connection to her than maybe I have until now. I think you're right. I think that with Mia, it's it's been one of those things, one of those runs where you're not really sure what, how much real stuff yeah. we've even gotten at all from her. Yeah. And it was very real of her to basically say like, you know, Gordon wants to push to go out of this with full force. And I'm like, but it's the it's but she's like, it's family. Like, I don't think we should. We're risking losing everybody, you know, and um, I thought that that was that was really real and genuine. I agree. It might be the first meaningful admission on her part. Um, you know, and it's 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 interesting because it's like a, as a viewing experience for me, I agree that was a really meaningful moment and a really emotional kind of intense moment but i'm having a hard time sinking my teeth into a moment like that because i don't know if it's a frustration with robin because i don't really you know because that has not been resolved or it's just a frustration with the show so i'm kind of just like watching at arm's length and i hate that you know but i agree that that moment was um really i think it was important for me as trajectory and to 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 and to give us more moments like that. Do you think that there is a genuine possibility for some of these women to truly heal um conflict and histories that they have had with each other? Like is it possible some of this is longer than others but some of it feels more intense and intentional than others? Right, I know. It just it feels like they don't want to. You know? It's sort of like they, you could have Karen in production all these people before trying to force you to address it. But they're they've made up their minds about each other in a way that feels really final. Mm. Giselle's like, in Giselle's mind, it's like, nope, you say really reckless things that attack my family and for the safety of my girls and whatever, I'm keep I'm not engaging with you. As from Candace's perspective, it's you know, you you made really reckless allegations about my husband that is a that you know affects her family and you know it's it goes both ways but they both made up their minds about each other 
What did Candace say about I mean, Candace Giselle's so- kids? That was that I no, not, was not about. By. But she I mean, was like, I mean, to protect I mean, my kids. I was like, wait, what happened? Not not to say that something didn't happen, but I genuinely I don't know what the exact it. comment was, but just okay. I mean, but Candace has uh, throws dangerous words around all the time with her with what she talked on, on the re- on the reunion last year. She, she goes very. She low. went. She cut yes. to the bone on yes. Giselle. Yes. And if I were Giselle, I would feel the same way. But if I was Candace, I would feel the same way. Yeah. So it's sort of like. Like it with, I think with Candace, the way that Candace sees it is like Giselle. The, the moment with Giselle was like what she said about Chris is so distinct, and she can put her finger on it. Right. And Giselle's is more of like an overall, the way that you talk about have talked about me, especially at that last reunion. It's just why would I even engage with you? And I think Giselle sees it as like, I bet you there's also an element of. You know, Karen and Giselle have gone after each other o- over the years, in and out, whatever. But they never have talked about each other in that way. And I think that there's a... I'm projecting this, but I think that there's kind of like a, a, a seniority thing of like, you came in and brought some of this like really different kind of talk to the show. You know, it, it resulted in some really kind of like intense, nasty moments. And I'm not putting I'm not putting that on Candace. I think that this is how Giselle is thinking about mm-hmm. it. Um, and she kind of Candace did kind of change the nature of the show when she joined. Like she's always been kind of reckless with her words, and I think she's cleaned it up over the years. But I think Giselle, and to some extent probably Ashley and some of the other ones, kind of resent that about her. That's what I think. Hmm. I don't know. I, I I'm I'm trying to read into how deep this is, and it feels like it's something that they can't can't climb or maybe won't climb out of. I mean, it's it's not great when they can't look at each other in the face. That's when they're sitting really, five feet away from each yeah, other. Yeah, that was a really awkward yeah, moment. Yeah, like that's just indicative to me about where the show stands right now, unfortunately. And it's not to say, by the way, that Candace, as you said, like it's not that Candace doesn't have cause to respond. Oh to my god, things. no, of it's course just not. It's just I'm just trying to I'm trying to get into Giselle's mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Candace's mentality is pretty clear. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and I think that maybe Giselle is a little bit more blurred. Um, and I don't necessarily. I'm not necessarily on either side of it, to be honest, because I see fault in both of them and I see, you know, merit in both of them. Um, It just it's it's hard to like you said, it's hard to land. It's hard to feel like you have a skin in the game right now with Potomac. Yeah. And I felt like, you know, I've recorded a couple episodes recently where I'm like, I really just am uncomfortable criticizing Mm -hmm. Potomac because I I I love it so much. And like the worst on Potomac is so much better than I mean, oh my god! Of course, mid the on standard other is beyond. The, the standard is beyond, and that's why it's so disappointing, right? But also, I have to be honest that I watched the newest episode, and I was like, "This is not for." Oh me. my god, this I was not, not having fun watching it. I wasn't, and then to go straight into Married to Medicine, which is like God's gift mm-hmm. to entertainment, mm-hmm. and I'm literally laughing my ass off the entire hour. It's almost like you want them to flip. <laughs> you know, you yeah. want you want Married to Medicine to air at eight and the Potomac at nine if you feel like dipping into it that night or not. I mean, but also, I feel like that would make the experience of watching Potomac more complicated because I don't yeah, want to come. Like right. the high of You're watching right. Married to Medicine and then yeah. be like, what are we talking about I'd here? I'd probably watch it the next day, to be honest. I also just have to say, before we wrap, I think that NECA was good casting. I really do. I don't think that she was bad casting. I just think that like this is a, sort of an unsol- unsolvable issue on top of existing issues that had not gotten solved. And there's just not enough of people who are willing to really work with each other in a way that still feels honest mm-hmm. yeah I no i tough i agree i don't think that she's bad casting but i think that as a result of the situation that she not a great time came into on the show and it kind of yeah. immediately ignited i don't 
I'm like, I don't know how she gets out of it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like how she, like, I feel like this is the shadow hanging over her experience on the show now. You know, it's like she's always going to be this woman who came in and started. And I don't know. I mean, Ashley kind of started it, to be honest. So, like, there was all this drama with Wendy. And I don't know. I hope it looks like the, it looks like, to be fair, it looks like the rest of the Austin trip, there's a lot of fun that is had. And so I'm, cautiously optimistic yes that's a great way to put it i'm cautiously optimistic that when they go to this drag show wherever they go it's going to be fun it's going to be like a lively episode that maybe reignite some of the good feelings on this show Um, maybe this is just a little bit of a storm cloud over this Mm -hmm. like several episodes um because there's nothing like a trip to to shake things up right so i hope i'm putting it out there yeah i don't want to be so negative about potomac (laughs) Yeah. I hate to be so negative about any of them, but specifically Potomac. Uh, so that's my hope. That's yeah. my that's what I'm hoping happens here. I love it. Let's end it on a high note. Potomac is incredible television. You know, I really I join you in that hope. I hope that the season comes together. There have been any number of seasons of any number of franchises where it's like a totally. sort of an interesting odd star. And there sometimes there are just those seasons where it's like, listen, there's stuff. We understand why the tension is what it is. And as you said, sort of like everybody shares responsibility in this. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you nor I are really like a huge, huge mega stan of any specific housewife. I think for me personally, Karen. I mean, obvi- well, yeah, yeah, 100%. Karen's one of my favorites. I absolutely agree. But like also, I don't think, I don't know that I feel the need to like go to battle over anything that's happening yeah. right now. I'm just kind of watching it, which isn't the case of think, earlier. You know what, what doesn't help the, what doesn't, last thing I'll say, what doesn't help the feeling that I think both of us are having mm. is that the the fandom and the conversation around the show online is really toxic as well. Is it still toxic? This it's season? really bad. Okay, yeah. I haven't seen any of yeah. it. Thank God. Thank it's, God. It's just it's kind of going the way of Jersey in that way, where it's like, well, it's it's because of the divide. It's because it's so divided, where it's like we see, we're watching these people, and it's like I think some people feel really strongly about yeah. being on one side or the other, and which is fair. Yeah. Um, but it makes the conversation that much more heated and that much more. The stakes are higher, I think, for certain people talking about this show now. And um, that's where we've gotten to. And so it makes it it makes me want to wade a lot more cautiously into the conversation at all. I honestly feel really thankful that I don't feel right. Like I need to sort of amp up. Yeah, of anybody that's in good. Particular. There's enough conversation. Really there's, there's enough conversation happening on entirely. that. Yeah, on, yeah, that's not for me. Totally. Um, but yeah, so hopefully brighter days are ahead for Potomac. Um, they have it in them. I just, you know. It is one of this. Well, listen, better days are better days. are here again, especially with this episode. Can you tell the AGs um, when episodes of your podcast go up, where they can go subscribe, follow you on social, all that yes. and more? So you can get Gabbing with Gib wherever you get your podcasts. Go follow us on Spotify. Go subscribe on Apple Podcasts. New episodes on Tuesdays. Those are interviews. Fridays are pop culture discussions. And you can follow me at Gibsonoma, G-I-B-S-O-N-O-M-A, on all social platforms. Incredible, guys. You can follow me on Instagram and Allegedly Threads at Dame Galley. Join the Andy's Girls Patreon, number one way to support the pod to get exclusive bonus episodes and so much more, including three bonus episodes each an hour plus that went up this week. One, a live dramatic reading of that New York Magazine cut profile and Bethany Frankel which oh my god <laughs> I 
Gibson's choking, choking on water. water. Chuck Gibson's choking on water. It was like literally one of the best. And I read Where's my it. baked potato? Oh my God. Where's the cottage cheese? Hopefully nowhere near that fucking potato. I, nothing gave me more joy. I honestly had so much fun recording that Patreon yeah, that episode. Was it was like. Ep- that was an iconic article. I mean, it really, re- and to just go through it. And I just, it was, a, it was a total delight. Also a Patreon episode with Louis Peitzman. We get into a lot of tea, including some of our behind the scenes, um, not uh, on the record until now um convos about below deck and a new episode went up with an ag ag ryan and i talked about orange county beverly hills salt lake city so potomac miami larsa larsa gets a specific call out because holy fucking shit um all that and more it was a delight to record and have heard from patreon ags that it was one of their favorite recent episodes because it's so much fun to connect with ags and to do so in a podcast recording and there is that premium tier the people's people's patreon uh, (laughs) i can't say couch oh my god i just (laughs) literally my brain melted down the people's people's patreon couch where you can have a private zoom kiki with me or record a patreon episode as ryan did so all those levels and more at patreon.com slash andy's girls two dollars a month gets you my love and sass five dollars a month gets you two bonus episodes ten dollars a month gets you four bonus episodes and then that premium tier um Gibson. This has been so fun this as has been always. So fun. I'm so glad that we did this. I feel me like too. Married to Medicine deserves it. I agree. I just and also tell me. People listening. Yeah. Sarah's gonna be on my podcast. Oh my god, I can't wait. In a couple weeks. Yes. We're doing a Real Housewives draft. Which it's giving sports, but housewives. It's because l- housewives are our sport. Oh my god, it's literally giving sports but housewives. So, Look forward to that. Go subscribe so you can get that the day it comes out. And I did tell Gibson and AG's no, I am not great at making decisions, like any kind of top five, number one. So the fun of this episode is not only going to be our takes, but you're going to watch me melt down when I have to make a choice. We are making choices, but we're not ranking, which is good. You know, so so we're going to be doing sort of like our dream well-rounded Housewives cast. Nightmare for me. One person from each franchise. Still a nightmare. But you know what? Face your fears. (laughs) Come on my podcast, face your fears, listen to Sarah, really conquer those decisions. <laughs> exposure and we're all therapy. gonna be so proud of you. It's literally exposure <laughs> therapy, and I'm I'm really so excited about it. But I you will watch you me said melt yes, down. Babe. You will watch me melt down. It's gonna be it's gonna be a podcast to remember. I'm gonna tell you that much. Um on that note, guys, thanks so much for listening, and we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.